take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. You know, check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we are talking about a very big buzzword yeah. called narcissism. Yeah, narcissism. Mm-hmm. People keep slinging this word around left and right, <laughs> just labeling their partners. And Well, the latest thing we heard is it's the narcissistic generation. Right. The, the whole generation. So narcissism, it, it actually, the word comes from a Greek myth. But um, before we go into that and talking about that, I just wanted to read a review that we got about our podcast. And just so everyone out there knows, we read every single review and we appreciate every single one. So thank you so much out there. This is one by uh, Clarice. She said, awesome podcast. Dr. Ray and Jean, host of the Couple Synergy Real Couples Real Stories podcast, highlight all aspects of relationships and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Thank you so much, Clarice. That's such an awesome, yeah, awesome very nice. review there. Mm-hmm. really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And, you know, we listen to all the reviews because, you know, they give us information as to, you know, what topics to cover, or what topics are interesting for people, and, um, you know, let us know. Yeah, we were recently uh, a guest on a podcast, The Collective. That's not a podcast, right? But it's a group of women who support each other and, you know, help each other learn, and they brought us on, and that was really great. To... Yeah, I think it's a yearly program that she puts on. And... Yeah. And somebody was listening to our podcast and recommended us. So thank you for that, too. So on to narcissism. Yes. Um, so it comes from the uh, a Greek myth of Narcissus, Narcissus, which is was a nymph, I believe. No. Narcissus was not a nymph. No. Echo, <clears throat> Echo was a nymph. Echo was a nymph. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Narcissus rejected... All advances from any suitors. And Narcissus was a very handsome dude, very handsome chap. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he cruelly refused the advances of Echo. Yes. Yeah. And the lovely nymph Echo was heartbroken. And because of that, Zeus punished him. So you rejected all of her advances, and 
was punished by making him fall in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. And the reflection could not love him back. So he had eternally rejected himself by falling in love with himself. Mm -hmm. And he died staring at this reflection in the pool of water. So this character of Narcissus, you know, it is that origin of narcissism. And it is closely related to the DSM classification of narcissistic personality disorder. And so this is a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. And so this is a belief that he or she is special, unique, and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status people or institutions, a need for excessive admiration and a sense of entitlement. So it has been said that we are in an age mm-hmm. of narcissism. Yeah. And, you know, the hard part about it, as you see in the in the mythology, is he fell in love with his own reflection, but it wasn't a person. It was just an image. And we have so many images in this world, and they don't reflect, they reflect something back to us, but they're not a real interaction. And I think that's partly how we got to this place, right, without having real interactions with real people. Well, you think about social media and how a lot of them promote you to display yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you're constantly you know, looking at yourself, doing something, dancing, whatever, taking selfies. And so you are, and, and just think about through lockdown and COVID, we are const- we were all on screens mm-hmm. and there's a little screen that shows your face, right? So we are constantly bombarding ourselves with our own image. And we are also being encouraged to enhance that image, to make it so that not only you like it, but the rest of the world likes it as well. Right. And it's a preoccupation, right? That's, that's what we talk about, this preoccupation, and that we learn to believe that we are different and special, and only other special people can see that. Mm. So the whole thing is a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember who I was talking to, but they were like, you know, his girlfriend or wife or something like that takes a million selfies and tries to get the right one. With the filters right? and all that. Yeah, I remember you saying something. I forget who that is. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, what's that right one? Do you know how much time that takes? Oh, I can only <laughs> imagine. So it's not a real thing. It's not a real relationship with anybody, right? It's a... A relationship with a image. It's a of, relationship with your own image of yourself. Right. But it's not like self-love. No. No. And it leads to not being able to see other people as human. Mm. As someone you should also love and feel an, an, a sense or a need to be connected, bonded it, it breaks all that down. 
Well, it, it leads to taking in a relationship versus giving. Yeah. And, you know, it, in a relationship, a committed partnership, you are constantly looking for what you can get. Right. So if two people are looking for what they can get, huh, you can't really have a relationship. No, no. If two people are looking at what they can give, then you have a very gratifying life. And that's true whether it's in friendship, whether it's at work, whether it's in your primary relationship, whatever that is. And unfortunately, I think that our children are not learning to be good givers. And if they do anything, they get so much praise for it that they start to believe they are unique and special. Well, if you think about the the example of a battery, right, a rechargeable battery, and that when you put it on the charger, you take it off, it's 100%, and then as you use that battery, it drains. And so if we are to apply that to the amount of energy that we spend in our relationships or just where we expend our energy, if we are expending that energy mostly towards ourself, towards our own brilliance, our own beauty, our own success and power, and we are not expending that energy on our partner or our children or anybody else in, in our world, then you can see that what you focus on grows, right? And you are creating more of that that relationship with yourself than you are connecting with the people in your life. You talk about like an energy. What I think about is when you give to another person, you can't help but receive back at the same time. Like it's not possible to hug someone without getting a hug. It's not possible to love someone without getting love back. So whatever we do, you know, there's that idea that there's no such thing as true altruism because if we go and help our fellow human being, it fills us up. It makes us feel good and energized. And so if we're busy giving to ourselves or wanting for ourselves, that would by definition drain us, right? And now let's take a little break to tell you a little bit more about our home study course called Relationship 101. One of our passions is really to bring this work to everybody. And a lot of times what we hear is one person in the relationship is wanting to work on it, the other one is not. And so this is a great way for you guys to get a taste of what it is like to work on your relationship in a fun eight date night video series to learn what you need to learn. Yeah, Relationship 101 consists of eight video modules, typically about 30 to 40 minutes long, with some discussion questions and exercises for couples to do together at the end. This is kind of a culmination of our work over 20 years and synthesizing all of the skills and tools necessary to create an amazing relationship. This online course consists of eight modules, which is five plus hours of course content. It also includes bonus resources, all designed to learn and grow together as a couple. It's fun, it's insightful, and gives you a great excuse to spend some extra quality time with your partner. All of this course content is valued at over $850 
Currently now, it is priced at $387. And if you just go to go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship101, it'll take you directly to the link. That's go.couplesynergymethod.com slash relationship101. And if you're a single person, you can still benefit from it. You know, I was just uh, thinking that maybe someone listening here would be maybe seeing their partner as fitting some of these, you know, categories or these descriptions here. <laughs> and, you know, how many times do we come across someone who's, who labels their partner as a narcissist? Yep. I mean, even if they are, you know, even if they are... Um, preoccupied with themselves and their own power and, you know, ideal love, their own self-ideal love, right? To use that word and to label someone, to put that on someone, I, I think it, it really sets you on, on the wrong path. It turns that other person into something more than human, something bigger, like, like a more powerful superhuman or monster-like right? Rather than the word selfish. And if you're hanging around with someone like that, you need to take some look at yourself about why. And those are really interesting things. So if you're hanging around with someone who believes they're special and you're not, then you probably feel the same way at some level inside of you. That you believe that if you could just get that other person to tell you you're enough, that then you'll finally be enough. But nobody can ever convince you that you're enough. Only you can do that. Right. I, I would probably, I'd be willing to bet that um, someone who fits the criteria of narcissism is not going to be listening to our podcast. No, but somebody in a relationship with someone that thinks their partner is a narcissist, might be. Yes, yes, I would say. I would be willing to bet, mm-hmm. yes. If you are listening out there and, you know, this is checking all your boxes here, then, you know, use this as kind of a, a wake-up call for yourself to really take a look at, as Jean said, what is it about you that is needing to try to get the attention of this other person? What is it about you that is you know, wanting that validation and wanting that attention back. Maybe a cool experiment would be to do your best for one week to not look at or post images of yourself and to focus on showing up for other people, whether it's seeing them and smiling and saying hello, whether you can be useful in a situation or try to have all your interactions be not virtual. And just see what it feels like, how that feels for you to kind of unplug from that kind of stuff and start to see other people as as people. That's interesting, you know, to kind of detox from the platforms that do promote, you know, that that self-energy or, you know, attention for self. And And I imagine, I mean, in... Today's day and age, it would be pretty difficult if you are really engaged in it. It's interesting how our brain works, where when we do those kind of things, it hits our dopamine system, which is our reward pleasure center. 
which feels good in the moment. But then it leaves us feeling more anxious and depressed. And so I don't think it's an accident that if we're in a narcissistic era and so many people are anxious and so many people are depressed, and that comes from that disconnect. You know, the more we connect with other people, the more we bond, the more we feel we're a part of something, the better we feel. And the more we try to be special and believe that we're different than others and people should treat us in a, in a way that is different and special, actually the worse we feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've noticed that feeling that it's not enough. That's mm -hmm. never enough, yeah. right? That if you are trying to show yourself as unique and special and trying to gain the attention of other people to validate that, that you have to go to greater lengths and more extremes in order to get that attention. You know, it was interesting today we were, um, you know, doing some work on our house and the neighbors came over with their son who is seven, eight, somewhere like that. And we were talking, the parents were talking, and he kept coming up to us and saying, will you give me money if I dance? You know, I thought that was interesting. Like, where do you get the concept of we should pay him? And we weren't really very interested in watching him. I think it was, I think it was will you give me money to teach you how to dance? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, at some point he was like, if I dance and then you can tell me how many stars I get. And then for each star you give me, you have to give me money. Right, right. So tension has become the currency. Yeah. And yeah. That's, and this is a little guy. Right, you know? right. Yeah. This isn't someone who's a narcissist. This is just someone who has learned this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it may seem a little, you know, kind of hypocritical. I mean, our podcast is hosted on multiple platforms. It is hosted on Facebook. And, you know, so we're utilizing social media in a way to get our message out there. And, you know, we just read off a review in the beginning, you know, a five-star review. It is such a fine line in our society today. You know, it's like if you totally unplug and you totally disconnect, disconnect, then it seems like you are out of touch and it seems like you are not reaching people. The idea of a fine line, I think, is really important. And that's why I think you see phones in one-year-old's hands and in 80-year-old people's hands. And that, that fine line draws you in and it actually uses human psychology to work with the way we're designed to draw you in. And how do you know where that line is when you cross it? And I don't think you do. I think it's very subtle. I think it's that concept of the the frog in the in the boiling water, right? If the water's already boiling and you jump in, the frog's gonna jump right back out. But if it is cool water, warm water, that's slowly boiling, it'll just sit in there and cook. And I think we're the same way. That little by little, mm -hmm. we can find ourselves sucked in yeah. to what these platforms are designed to do. And they're designed to grab your attention. They're designed to encourage you to seek attention, 
to seek likes, to seek, you know, this approval from the people out there. And it is also designed to make you disconnect mm-hmm. from the relationships that you have in front of you. Right. The people that are actually in the room with you. Oftentimes, there'll be one person in the relationship that will notice that someone is getting more and more preoccupied. And sometimes both people want each other to be preoccupied so they can stay in their place of preoccupation. And then they'll notice being more bickery with each other or not as uh, warm and more distant, more cold, more irritable. That's what I usually notice in myself or in you. Yeah, it, it is very subtle and it is something that can creep up. You know, we, we did a podcast about why other people or why we care about what others think of us. And, you know, this is a, a hard hardwired thing in our brain for us to care about what other people are thinking about us. And what we're talking about here is in an extreme, right, where you may find yourself in a relationship where someone you know, fits these characteristics of narcissism and you are trying so hard, you know, overly trying so hard to gain their affection, to gain their attention, to gain their, their acceptance, right? Or you are trying so hard through social media to gain other people's attention and, and you know, recognition through that way. And so it, it is overly seeking out what other people think about you and hoping that it's going to be positive. Yeah, and when it's virtual, it's sort of, um, you don't know who's doing the rejecting. It's not like anyone in particular. Maybe someone just didn't look at something. It's not like it's a negative thing coming at you. It's just a nothingness. And that nothingness makes you seek it more. It's kind of like fishing or gambling. And you think, well, maybe the next time it'll be there. But it's not like something literally rejecting you. But in a real relationship, you're literally being rejected sometimes. Well, a lot of times just that nothingness can feel like rejection. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get no responses to something you put out there, you know, then it seems like, oh, people don't like it. Well, you can have that feeling, but you have nowhere to direct it. Well, you have no confirmation either. Right. You know, it's it's just all in your head and it feeds that that attention cycle in your own head. And if you are you know, I, I think actually it's it's probably safer. I shouldn't say safer, but you're probably gonna get more attention, you know, outside on social media than you would from your own partner, especially if your partner is so involved in themselves. I was thinking about this. It's really interesting when you look at at, at some of the criteria of narcissism, narcissistic personality disorder, there's an expectation of favorable treatment without effort. I think that piece is really important. There's a difference between working really hard on something and accomplishing something and getting recognition for it or saying, I'm here, I'm in the room, everybody Pay should. Pay me homage. Yes, I've done nothing. But I expect that I'm treated favorably. But I will never pay you. It won't be reciprocal. Right. I'm going to cancel you, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So, you know, the thing is that the reason this topic is so important when we talk about emotional wellness, this is a really uh, sad, slow, fine-lined way that we are creating emotional unwellness in our society. Widespread. Yeah. Widespread globally. World spread, yeah. Yeah. So you got to wonder why. Why why is it that we're not governing ourselves here? Why do we not want to put the restraints on this kind of stuff? And it's difficult. It's difficult as an individual person. It is difficult for parents to put restraints on their children. It's difficult for us to monitor ourselves with this stuff. And so I think we give up a lot of our power to something that we don't really even know what it is. And then the thing we have power over, which is deciding in our own lives and connecting with the people in the room with us, we devalue that, which is actually the thing that makes us feel good and have a life that's fulfilling and increases our self-esteem. You know, hard work and caring and giving, those are wonderful things that make you feel great. But I was going to say that it is hard work. Yes. And and that's the thing. You have to put the effort in to get those rewards. And when it when push comes to shove, if you go out onto the internet, you're more likely to get more attention back than putting in that hard work into your relationship and genuinely getting that reciprocal energy back. Yeah, it's like wanting to... Um take a pill or do a surgery, but not actually work out to look good. <laughs> but if you work out, you actually feel good. It's a lot of work. It's a lot slower. You have to be dedicated. You have to be consistent with it. And that makes us feel better. So everything in life, I don't know why it's designed like this, but everything that is hard and difficult leads to us feeling good. And everything that's easy leads to us feeling like crap. Well, the lesson here is don't be like narcissus and don't be like echo who was pining after narcissus they both die from it that's the funny thing you know she can't leave she can't tell him how she feels cuz echo means she can only say the last few words that someone else has just said so she can't express herself and he can't tear himself away from his image. And so they both sit there and starve to death. Right. Locked in their own pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, this is a really big topic and we probably will be covering it on several other podcasts as well. But for today, we just want to thank you for joining us on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy, and our programs such as Relationship 101, our home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Thank you.